Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. This is, it is our final Game of Thrones edition until probably 2019-ish. I am your host, Matt Bowie, and I am joined today by Jay, my boss. Jay, how are you doing? Dude, pretty soon it'll become Raz World when Westworld comes back. That'll be oh, fun. God, I can't wait. I know. I didn't mean to ruin on your intro. I was just thinking about what, what show is next on my fascination list, and it has to be Westworld Season 2, but there'll be plenty of time to get into yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's not till 2018. Yeah. So hopefully that's, like, after the football season, so we have, like, uh, eight weeks of mater- eight to ten weeks of material in between football seasons. Yep. All right, Evan Peterson is joining us once again. Evan, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Did somebody say Westworld? Where do I where do I put in my request to uh, to get this assignment? Uh, I'm sure you can come on. We also have Jen who comes on for that one, and I don't think Zach watches it. I don't remember who we used to have on for that one. Yeah, I think it was you, me, and uh, Jen, and uh, our buddy T Hole. Oh yeah, T Hole. Good old good old T Hole. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, get right into uh the episode um so this one was called what was it called uh the dragon and the wolf um i thought it was a little long um that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) there it is there's there's your one for the episode so i thought it was a i thought it was a little overdrawn um it Nothing really surprised me that much, but overall it was a good episode. Um, so, Jay, what did you think of it? Well, I, I got to say, overall, I think I went into the episode with the wrong impressions because, um, uh, you know, early in the day, like, I, I had watched it on a day delay. I'd been doing that the last two weeks just because of scheduling issues with my girl. And I asked her, I quizzed her, like, did you get any spoilers today? Because she does all the Facebook and stuff, and I don't, I stay away from it. And she's like, no, I accidentally ran into this Onion article, and I told her right away, don't tell me, don't tell me. And she's like, okay, okay. And so, but then she blurted out, like, okay, here's the problem. Like, it made me feel like there's, like, this impending loss coming, like, this huge loss and everything. And it was based on this Onion article. So we were curious, as like, well, they do a lot of, you know, anecdotal stuff, like, funny stuff, and um, they try to throw you off the scent. So we're, going in, I kind of thought to myself, well, if the worst possible thing happens... It won't be that bad because, uh, you know, I've felt it already. But it's like every scene it went to, the tension would build up. I feel like that's what what every every like, um, every like chapter, I guess, of this episode was like. It was just building up tension to like a crescendo. But then the tension never really paid off until the last moment when we saw the wall come down. So I thought it was it was an interesting episode in that nothing really happened, but a lot of stuff happened. It's, it's kind of weird yeah. to describe it like that. But I, I feel like that's where we're at just because... Like, everything was essentially left hanging. So, it basically... There, was, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, there are bits and pieces of the episode that I really liked, which we will get into. But, yeah, just like you said, it was just a whole lot of nothing that built into... Finally, the wall came down, which we were all expecting to happen sooner or later. So, winter finally is here. Um, Evan, really, what did you think? Just oh, really quick, ahead. before Evan started, I wanted to mention that, you know, it's interesting just because... This, if someone were to ask me how would I describe season seven, I would be like, or I'm sorry, is this season six or seven? I was yeah, seven, seven, right? seven. Okay, yeah. Seven. I, I would say this is a good lead in to season eight. You know, I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it's just like it. It feels more like a halfway point to a season than an ending. That would that would be my main takeaway from the episode. Maybe they are kind of structuring it like a 13 episode large season that they're just stretching out over uh, two years because it didn't. Re- 
like you said, it didn't really seem like a season finale. Uh, but yeah, Evan, what did you think? Well, and I, I haven't read the books, but from what I understand of the books, there's a large majority of it that's just kind of setting the chessboard, and I think that's what Season 7 was. I think that's what this episode was. I think it's funny that you said it was long, and it was, in fact, 80 minutes. So, yeah, it, it was long, um, but I, I agree. It just I was... felt all of 80 minutes. Well, yeah, I was I was bored throughout parts of it, even more bored than I was through the mindless battle scenes of, of last week, I think, um, with the zombie grizzly bears and whatnot. But, yeah, I, like I said, I was dead on with the stuff in Winterfell. Um, I actually predicted the wall coming down right before uh, we went inside. Me and Matt were outside smoking a cigarette. So I, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, ice, fire, breathing dragon. Like, it's it's cool to look at, but I, I would say that if somebody asked me about season seven, I would say it's exactly like the season finale in that it was pretty underwhelming. All right, well, I guess, uh, yeah, not not real hot on it over here in the, on this podcast, but uh, we can get right into uh, what actually happened in the episode. So Danny, uh, at, towards the beginning, pretty much had uh, everyone together, and she met up with Cersei. So why don't you kind of take us through that, um, Jay? Oh, which one? Uh, where she met up with Cersei right at the beginning of the episode, like, and uh, oh, the whole the what what do they call it? They call it like the the dragon pit. Uh, yeah, they met. Right? Yeah, it's like it a coliseum like, kind of right. looking thing. Yeah, I thought did that like... did that kind of live up to what you were expecting? Because we did see it kind of in the in the previews. Or did you expect there to be a little bit more tension? Um, I thought there was a little bit of tension. I think what threw off the attention was um, Euron doing his thing. It was kind of it was kind of abrasive in one way. I kind of respect the the writers giving that character a little bit more free birth to give him a little bit Nick Cage. I guess I would describe it as. But sometimes it, it kind of breaks the scene. I, it's a small complaint. Otherwise, I thought there was enough tension. I just, I think the most, I would say the most tense moment, I'm thinking about it now, would be when the Hound uh, released um, the, the White. And I had thought that maybe the Lannister guy had killed him, or maybe he was already dead or something, and something would, would happen from that. But it was it was your basic kind of tension builder uh, that you see often in other stuff. But yeah, I, I thought it was just the scene itself was unique to me in that all the principal characters, like or at least the majority of them, were all in the same scene. So that, in effect, I think kind of gave me wishy-washy eyes, which, you know, I appreciate, so. Yeah. I I really did the following scene, uh, the meeting with Cersei and Tyrion. I, Tyrion? Uh, yeah, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. But I, uh, I thought that was a really great scene. I thought the dialogue was great. Um, I think that was actually my favorite scene of the episode. Evan, what did you think of that? I think, well, now with Littlefinger being out of the picture, which we'll cover later, oh, yeah. I, th- I think it makes Tyrion kind of the biggest wild card of the what's left in the deck here because it's the whole thing about how he was never trying to, you know, destroy his family. And who knows whether he's just blowing smoke at Cersei after he basically ripped John a new one for not being able to lie. Um, but 
I mean, Cersei kind of turned it on him with uh, the the end play. But I think he's kind of had his his dreams crushed. You know, he was trying to plant the uh, seed of Inception in Daenerys by saying, oh, you know, if you're not going to be able to have kids, you should name an heir to the throne. And, you know, why, you know, kind of... He was he was jumping up and waving his arms as as high as he could, but he is a dwarf, so she might not have gotten the signal. Um, and I, I think, I, I mean, I don't really know what's up the sleeve. Do you think he's like on Cersei's side? Do you think there's anything to worry about? He was I, I he was pretty pissed off standing outside the uh, bedroom door there. Yeah, he I I couldn't tell if he was pissed off or impatient or what what was going on there. I don't know. I brought it up a couple of weeks ago with Jay and T-Hole, I believe, um, where I kind of I wasn't sure what side Tyrion was on, but they assured me that uh, he's he's on Danny's side. He, there's no reason in the plot to suggest that he um, would be on Cersei's side at all, or um, have you know ulterior motives or anything like that. But I mean, I don't know. After seeing this episode, Jay, has your mind changed at all? Not really. It it was a peculiar scene. It, it did stand out. I just had assumed that it was um, John kind of complicating matters uh, for him in in that he had mentioned when they were talking about future options for Westeros, how to break the wheel. Um, the Democratic vote came up uh, in in that the way the Ironborn choose theirs, and uh, which is basically a democratic process. And I think maybe. He had seen this as kind of a kink in the wheels because we had assumed that she would, you know, not submit or marry or have children or something. But maybe John changes that dynamic. I could, I could see that playing. But that's a, that's a big explanation for such a simple and quiet scene. So I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see how it develops. If they do do something dramatic like have him change allegiances or stuff like that, this could be the setup for it. But I still think it's it's a lot to buy. It would be a lot to buy into uh, going into the final season to have such a such a huge uh, character development like that occur. I, I guess they could do it, but they, I don't know. They'd have to do it correctly for it not to feel cheap. Right. So speaking of curveballs, Evan, um, the the two sisters, uh, Arya and uh, Sansa, <laughs> um, so they, they threw us curveball, and they're actually on the same side, and it, uh, Littlefinger met his death. Uh, so what did you think about that? I mean, we all we all saw it coming, but what did you think of the scene as a whole? Is is that kind of what you expected, or um, did it kind of blow your mind a little bit? Was it a little underwhelming? Um, I mean, I, I called my shot last week, so I saw it coming. But what I think is interesting <clears throat> in the dynamic of the scene is that um, – we have this new Stark order where Sansa's kind of the uh, the head and Arya's kind of the axe, and it it goes in the face of basically every like from the first episode where Ned teaches John like, hey, if you pass a a sentence, you got to be the one to swing the sword. Um, it makes Sansa more powerful to kind of have uh, Arya in her back pocket, and I. I wonder what the bigger plan for Winterfell is, and I wanted to kind of present this um, to Jay here in this little, you know, weird theory, which is what us Game of Thrones fans do. Right. So this Game of Thrones we, we, setting, yes. Yeah, so we have this whole season debate of whether or not, you know, the sisters distrust each other, and it turns out they're buddy-buddy in the end, you know, the, the pack survives, whatever. So 
but at the end of the episode, we you know we get all the clarification. John's a Targaryen. Um, Bran even gets to see the annulment of the wedding, which I mean we can question his powers later. But um, you know he finally gets it, and he knows that he is in fact a true Targaryen with it being annulled. Like, do you think that Sansa will start to hold that against John? Like, say. You know, they get pushed out of Winterfell and they John says that they need to go back to Dragonstone to be protected or whatever from the White Walkers on the Mountain of Glass. Like, do you think Sansa could think John's trying to lure them in or seduce them to the Targaryen side and that could create some tension down the road? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the writers left it exactly like that so they could make the decision at a later time because they could either go into another uh, family conflict like this to add, you know, uh, words to a page or they could go the other direction, just uh, assume that this separation is healed quickly by the by the White Walkers coming through the wall. I think they left it open just if I was a writer and I know this this season probably isn't written, it's being written right now probably at this point, the way the, the filming goes. And I'm sure they kind of left it as like a, what would you call it? like a like a secret trap door or something as as a writer mm-hmm. to kind of figure out you know as as your season eight develops uh, where where to take the story. So I think in, in that regard, um, they, they may have left that open. I I would be I wouldn't be surprised by either though either of those uh, options. So Jay, speaking of writing, I mean there has been some criticisms, and you think they are in the process of writing right now. Do you think that they take any? Um, of the fan criticisms to heart when they're writing um, about, you know, how, how fast the stories uh, came along this year and how it kind of felt rushed. Do you think they're going to kind of, they only have six episodes, but are they going to cut down on the storylines and kind of follow through with them? Or is, is, are they going to run into the same problems? Yeah. I mean, you've seen it. It's hard to gauge just because I want to give them, uh, a little bit of credit in the fact that you know when they signed on for the series, they signed on to essentially uh, adapt it from mm-hmm. you know Martin, and of course Martin stopped writing, or he's taking a long time to write the last books, and so these past uh, two seasons or three seasons, and, and the next season is going to be them, you know, not using any source materials, just essentially storyboarding what I'm sure Martin has told them the general things, how general generally things go. And uh, them creating a story around that. So, uh, in, in regards to you know all all storylines ending up at the same place, I mean that that's true of any story. I think all roads lead to the ending. So I, I will give them a little bit of credit there as well. In that regard, it's just of course you want the main characters to start coming together. Of course you want to lose the exposition just because we're coming to the closing uh, of this tale. So I think naturally that would have happened regardless. So I don't think a critique there is warranted, but you know, in terms of the writing, yeah, they, they've taken a bunch of liberties. Uh, I, I'm a little bit, um, the reasons I listed, I think give me a little bit more leeway with them than, than other uh, people who critique their craft. So. All right. Um, before we moved on, uh, we kind of wanted to power rank, uh, the season finales, because, I mean, season finales for Game of Thrones is pretty much the biggest event outside of um, any major sporting event anymore, because, I mean, The Walking Dead's kind of died down a little bit, and Game of Thrones really is, is it as far as shows that we all kind of watch together. So, with the three of us, we kind of wanted to put our heads together and power rank uh, the top season finales. So, Evan, did you want to start... I can if you want. Um, yeah. 
so if we're starting at the top, I think season six last season was by far the best one. In fact, the the last two episodes of season six were probably the best two episodes of television that I've ever watched, hands down. With the outside of the, of the leftovers. I still haven't finished The Leftovers, but it's it's on my to-do list right behind uh, a bunch of men. Um, so, yeah, there's, I, I don't really think there's any argument. I could be wrong. Um, my we, next... I think, I think we can officially put Winston Winter. I mean, it's, it's by far. Yeah. It's oh, probably yeah. one of the best episodes in Game of Thrones in general. So yeah, Probably the best yeah. musical scoring in history uh, of television, like the first 20 minutes of that episode. I mean... The first 20 minutes, the way it was scored, like the way it was directed, it was incredible. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so my my next one would probably be... Uh, I think you got to go with um, probably season five, where uh, Jon Snow was uh, betrayed by the, night, the Night's Watch and killed, and Stannis was gone. Um, I think that... Fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if I had to pit one up against it that could easily take the crown, it would be the end of season one with, uh, you know, Daenerys coming out of the fire with the dragons. And you know, I, th- I think that would probably be my next guess. What would be your second on the list, Matt? My second is uh, season five. I believe the Red Wedding wasn't a finale, was it? That was like smack dab in the middle of a season. No, it's because that that season finale for season three, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, that one is probably one of the worst, just because it falls right after the red wedding. So not only are you emotionally exasperated from the from the story, but like nothing really happened in that one. I think. Um, yeah. Was it just? Step. I feel like Daenerys had just arrived to Slaver's Bay, or maybe she did in season two. I don't know. She, this is like when she really got stuck in Marine and the entire Slaver's Bay. So I. That's probably one of the worst ones, yeah. Okay, so how did season two end? Or was that season two? Because th- the Red Wedding was season three, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the Red Wedding was season three. Um, so season did... two is the the House of the Undying type stuff. And I, I it, that was really weird because that was when you wouldn't, you weren't really able to tell if Game of Thrones was going to commit to the magic stuff. Like, we mm-hmm. kind of had these weird bald-headed dudes running around, and I was kind of like, well, this is weird, and, you know, we're, we're dealing with knights and dragons and nerdy shit, but we hadn't, and dragons, but we hadn't really gotten to the, the magic side of it, and I think that's kind of when, you know, everything went out the window, and we got into green visions and warging and, you know, all kinds of weird weird stuff. But I that season two was just kind of a, a write-off for me in general. So I think we feel pretty comfortable slotting this past season finale in as number three or four, like right smack dab in the middle, like where it should have been uh, number one from our expectations, but it was still good, but we still, you know, um, had a little bit to be desired. But, I mean, the wall did come down, so, I mean, it can't really be outside of the top three. So we have season six is number one, season five is number two, season seven is number three. Do we want to bother with the last four? Uh, maybe season one, number four? Yeah, I feel like that's good. Just because that, it was a big moment with Daenerys uh, rising up with the little dragons, and then mm-hmm. I, if I'm not correct, 
I think that's the one where Rob gets kinged, uh, King of the North, right? Where they do King of the yeah, North. Yeah, that's correct. King of the North. That's... Yeah, so that was whenever they do that, like I feel like a little happy when they start yelling <laughs> that. So that, I think that'll go. That's a strong four. Yeah, for sure. Did Did you feel the same way when they did it for John? Oh yeah, man, it felt even better because it was John. You know. Well, and that's what Thrones does best. They're all about the callback. Yeah. Yeah, he had it's... the happy brood face on too, so that was pretty. You know, where he yeah, like speak- does a half-quarter smile. Like the Mona Lisa? Right, but his, his eyebrows are still brooding. Like, there's still the sadness in them. Yeah, speaking of callbacks, uh, towards the end, after Baelish died, uh, after Arya slit his throat, um, her and Sansa were outside talking, and she did a callback to uh, season one, something that her dad told her about the pack. So... Evan, I kind of saw it coming, but did you see that whole speech coming word for word? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of put in as, uh, I mean, it was thrown as a voiceover in the trailer, and I think it was kind of meant to be a red herring. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, and that's what I, I said about Game of Thrones wants you to look one way and think that you know what's going on, and they're going to just, you know, they're going to throw the tennis ball the other way. And the the one thing we can say we haven't seen the last of Littlefinger, right? Like Arya is is probably gonna uh, do a little costume party at some point. Oh, absolutely! He's one of the most connected men in in Westeros, and you know he's pissed off a lot of people. But I think he opens a lot of doors. I think that if they wanted to try and get close to Cersei, I was trying to go back and remember. Like I think. Littlefinger are on decent terms that, you know, if Arya pretended yeah, to be Littlefinger... I, I was trying to go back and watch So she stuff. left with Sansa. Or, I'm sorry, he left with Sansa and he kind of courted her to um... The to Ramsey, dude, right? To Ramsey, yeah. And then he... He stayed the whole time and then they went to Winterfell I think... Because he killed he killed someone's aunt, aunt. You're just killing the pronunciation game tonight, so I'm just gonna let you keep rolling. <laughs> no, I, I'm just trying to remember. I, like the whole, I do because they're on much... good terms. So I think like if they wanted a ticket in King's Landing, and you know Sansa said that you know she didn't really want to go and be a prisoner for Cersei, but if she could go under the guise of, like, being escorted by Littlefinger and, you know, have Arya, you know, on her side, you know, undetected in the shadows, I think it could be, you know, kind of an interesting plot point. What do you think of Littlefinger, Jay? Do you think it's the last we've seen of him? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think everything Evan said is pretty spot on. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be folly not to... Not to, um, you know, use his face in her in her suitcase full of faces. And if you want to extend it even further, like if you go back to the scene in the crypts between John and Littlefinger, where he's basically going to choke him out for going after Sansa. Like if he sees the two of them together and they're close, or you know, even if he thinks that Littlefinger has her as sort of like a, a psychological prisoner, he could try something and blow all of their covers, and that could leave him up the creek without a paddle. Yeah. So, Jay, what did you think of Bran telling the story uh, to Sam of Jon Snow's origin while he was banging his aunt? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, they are kind of solidifying a route for people to be okay with incest. So (laughs) I just, uh, 
you know i i'm fine with it i mean it's true to the true to the source material i'll say that so i don't honestly i don't think i think there would be a lot more uproar if john and daenerys went so hot so they're lucky that they're really pretty i mean um so are jamie and cersei just not hot enough (laughs) No, I mean they're. Great. Or was it the it's... whole pushing? It was was it the whole pushing the kid thing? Yeah, that... I think it was using it as a vehicle to kill people or to injure people, and it kind of it just added to the kind of the pool of uh, deplorable soup, I guess, for Cersei. But you know, Jamie survives it. Like I think Jamie's pretty uh, cheered on as a as a good as a good guy, as you call him, um, I guess in Jersey. But yeah, I've always rooted for <laughs> Jamie, so. I don't know if it holds it back. It's just one of those peculiar things about a show where it it should should kind of weird people out, but you become kind of desensitized because of the world. So I think it's fine. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. Too, and then we did we all back it up it. with like yeah. that's the Targar- that's the Targaryen way. Yeah, I mean it is. It really is. I mean, and they don't. To be fair, they didn't know to begin with. I mean, who would know? They don't even look alike. So. So Evan, what what do you think happens when uh, Jon Snow finds out that's his that's his aunt? Because I mean, that's probably not his thing. I mean, we can assume that she'll probably be okay with it because, like, oh yeah, my my father and his father before him. I mean, so what right. do you, what do you think? Uh, man, I I honestly have no idea, and I I think it's weird. I was listening to what Jay said about how we we're, we root for Jamie, and he kind of had his redemption after the sister banging, and like John's kind of already had his by like being resurrected. So like, does he get a pass because he's been dead? Like, eh, go bang your hot aunt. Um, who knows? I I don't exactly know what wrench it's going to throw in the overall. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's different than brother sister. Like, I don't know how to grade. I incest. just don't think I don't know. react well to it. Well, I I don't think it's anybody can have a positive reaction. I don't think it's it's instantly. She like, will like that's her people. Like, oh okay. Well, I'm even happier that's this happened now. I just feel bad for John because when he finds out, like his loyalties are getting yanked all over the place. It was mm-hmm. Stark, and then it was Night's Watch, and now if he's Targaryen and he's got this to live up to, it's it's kind of like, well, which role do I take? <laughs> and I would be pretty pissed off to be in his shoes, even if I was banging Daenerys. Alright, fair yeah, enough. It'll be more interesting to me how they resolve the fact that he's um the true heir to the to the Iron Throne. I mean not to the That is a little the, Yeah. Not the, as interesting but close. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, close. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well do you think Sam breaks the news or would you rather hear it from your brother or like At this point Sam because Brand <laughs> By <just> Raven. Like... <laughs> Is is that like doing it by text message nowadays? <laughs> I'm sure Bron's gonna be like, "I watched you as you had sex with your aunt. You looked beautiful that night." You know, <laughs> that's how I'll do it. <laughs> and and by the way, so is, his name's Aegon, but isn't there already an Aegon in the canon? So is he like Aegon the second, or was that a fuck up, or was it or not a fuck up? Never mind. Maybe I'm getting too nerdy. I thought there was already a another Aegon, but I think yeah, it was think... kind of. Ref- I thought it was the, you know, who Amon was calling his, it was his little brother, right? The egg, you know? Um, oh, okay. That's where the name comes from. So I think it was out of, um, you know, out of, you know, how family names their own people. 
you know, like they're juniors and stuff. Because yeah, oh, right, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't know how to what what it's called. I thought you were meant like. <laughs> do you know how people like name their kids and stuff? And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of the right you get right. by having. Well, that. you gotta let me finish my sentence. You know, I know it's a long process sometimes. <laughs> the ADD so, kicks oh, in, man. Oh, before I forget, um, the season four ending was pretty cool too. We should add that for the record. Which it's one was that? That's when the Hound took on Brian. So. That oh, okay. And that's yeah. when Arya headed to Bravos, so it was kind of an, you know, like not epic ending, but it was it was a little bit more of a cliffhanger than than past. So, so seasons two and three are just kind of at the tail end, because um, season two Evan just kind of tossed out the window as kind of like eh, and then uh, season three we had the red wedding, which kind of took away anything that could have possibly happened in the finale. So, just to review. We went season six as number one, five, seven, one, four, three, two. And you could probably mix around the last two, honestly. So Okay. Not that it matters because they're both terrible. <laughs> Not terrible. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So Jay, uh before we go into the biggest event of all, um, winter being here and uh, the wall coming down. I did, uh, one detail about the wall coming down. I want to know if you think that the, if the Night's Watch survived. Yeah, I mean, it's another cliffhanger that they, I think they did. I mean, they didn't, they didn't show us them not dying just to show us them dead, you know? So <laughs> right. I, I feel like the buildup, I mean, it was, it was um, uh, Ed and Torment. Um, Torment, yeah. I think that we didn't see. But yeah, I mean, Torment already survived once. It'd be kind of weird if they just didn't show him dying again. Like, they, they just started the next season and then show them dead. I mean, it'd be kind of anti there, there are a lot of people on Twitter that are upset that they don't know if Torment's still alive or not. Yeah, I, I think that was intentional. I think it was... I, I Honestly, I'm still more surprised that the, the Ice Dragon didn't make the wall bigger. Like, I don't understand how it destroyed it. I feel <laughs> okay, like, yeah. I feel like the science So is, is that just here. stronger ice? Was it force? I don't know. I think I I get the idea where they're, you know, they've already set up the wall to be this magical thing. Uh, and so to essentially, and they know that the White Walkers can't pass through it. So the way to theoretically do that, um, which wasn't in the books, I don't think, which is, you know, the fight magic with magic or the magic of dragons with the magic of the wall. So I guess that was what was in play. But it, it basically just looked like, you know, they... I mean, honestly, it would look weirder if there was fire coming out of an ice dragon, so I kind of understand it to an extent, but it's still a kind of mm-hmm. goofy where he's just shooting ice at ice, and it's, you know, it's not adding more ice, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's got to be a force thing. I'm just saying, I'm totally uh, cool with it. I'm cool with it, but it's just, you know, it's it's the first thought that came to my head when I was watching. I was like, hmm. I'm sure you're not the only one. Yeah. Evan, what did you think of the wall coming down? Was it everything that you hoped and dreamed for, or were you hoping for something cooler? Uh, I mean, it, it was basically what I expected. And like like you had said, it's not even just calling it right before the show. Like We all knew that this had to happen to mm-hmm. get piece A to you know where it needed to go. Um, my 
kind of question is so everybody just thinks that the dragons or you know the the ice dragon and everybody's coming from the north um i think if it'd be a lot cooler if you know we've got all these dead uh armies down in you know uh casterly rock uh down in high garden where the lannisters just kind of slaughtered the entire tyrell army like if he went around that way and kind of flanked cersei out and raised those armies and that, that way she couldn't just flee south i think that would be really cool but i don't know if that's gonna happen and i don't know i'm just kind of talking i thought about this all day i got no work done today i'm none sorry yeah that's me six days a week bud to join the club um (laughs) (laughs) all right jay um instead of asking what i usually do is what you think is gonna happen next uh i want to know what you want to happen in season eight what's what's the outcome that would make you the most happy dude i want i want a mini John and Danny. I want a little, I want a little kid to come. But she can't get pregnant. Yeah, but her dragons are her babies. Yeah, technically, the witch, the witch could be wrong. That's what yeah. John said. Well, not just that, but I think they made room for it in there to, uh, based on the narrative when she lost one of her children to the Night King and, and that the dragons. So I think that might make room, uh, you know, story wise, plot wise, to, to create a baby. So, the the creators have said that the ending is going to be bittersweet. So. Yes. Uh, do you think that's possible? Oh yeah, I, I don't. I think uh, John will either John or Danny or both will make the ultimate sacrifice. I think Tyrion survives. Uh, which one? Yeah, it could be both, honestly. But I, I think John is done for for sure. Um, I think it's just the way it goes. Um, Tyrion, I think will survive. I think Arya will survive. I think Sansa will survive. I think Bronn may or may not be part of the end. Um, I think he's part of the equation for sure. So I don't know if he'll survive. I think Jamie does survive, or he'll like it'll go out epically. Like he'll take Cersei down with him in some in some kind of manner or form. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think if that were to happen, if, if what I predicted, like we lost all those people, then yeah, I guess it would be bittersweet. I think I think it would be even more. Uh, I would be even more salty if we lost someone like uh, you know uh, Davos or or Tormund if he survives. I think those would be you know kind of the characters that don't really have like huge plot presence you could you know if you took him out of the plot the plot would survive but that the you know us the fans have become really uh enamored to even i guess the hound would be part of that too though i think the hound plays a, a big role coming up uh, they obviously are setting up clagane bowl so we'll yeah. I'll, I'll wait that um you know holy do, we should do a thing where we calculate how old we are when the next season starts i guarantee you i'm gonna jump like two years just based on the year and a half wait so <laughs> all right uh one uh, i i do want to know uh one last prediction from you do you think tormund and brianne uh fall in love or do you think brianne falls I mean, back in love with tormund? i hope they do you should already see some of the fan fiction out there that uh you know when i peruse on reddit and stuff there's like a whole bunch of fan art with with them too it's really kind of it's cute and weird at the same time which i i guess reddit is in general but yeah. um <laughs> It's uh yeah, I hope it happens. It's it's an interesting love story. I think it's one of my favorite pairings. It's I, a, it's a better it's the best love story of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean I I really do like the Sam and and, and Gilly one just because they they're they're like the nicest people in the actual Game of Thrones universe and I feel like them existing gives gives a sort of light to the blackness of that universe. So I I appreciate their kind of love stories. So All right, Evan. What do you want to happen? How do you want Game of Thrones to wrap up? 
very violently with lots of boobies and dragons. I, I mean, I think that's obviously the best answer. Um, I, I want Cersei to... <laughs> Should just... we just end the podcast right there? Just cut it off? Sorry. That, that was not a mic drop moment. I want Cersei to meet a very violent and drastic end. Like, why that's... Do you hate... I don't understand why people hate her so much. I mean... I don't people are just as dickish like to her as she has been to them. I mean, you know uh, what I'm saying? I, I mean, is it is it deserved that people are kind of an ass to her? Or well, from season, I yeah, I, I suppose I suppose you're right. All right, go on. <laughs> I, I mean, I I think like you said, some one of. John or Daenerys kind of has to make some sort of sacrifice. I would think it's got to be John. Just I, I don't know. You think John could rule with a couple dragons if Daenerys went down? It'd be kind of cool to see, I guess. But I, <laughs> I I don't know. I think Tyrion is probably. If I had to put a bet on a main character dying, I would say probably Tyrion gets caught in the crossfire. No. I mean, I know he's tiny and uh, not not a huge target, but I think, you know, if Daenerys thinks that, you know, she uh, got double-crossed by him in the little side meeting with Cersei, or thinks that he was trying to, you know, get a leg up on a throne spot, or if, you know, Cersei just takes him out because she's got a hard-on for him, you know, the, the cards aren't stacked well against him, although I guess they never really have been. All right. So, I want to see, obviously, John and Danny end up together. I want to see Arya kill Cersei. I want to see Brienne and Tormund together. And the rest can kind of just sort itself out. I want to see uh, a great final battle between uh, John and the Night King. And I'll be satisfied. So, does anyone else have anything to add before we wrap up about um, this show that we have built a podcast around? Over these past seven weeks, I think it's really criminal that we didn't, we don't, still don't have any history of the White Walkers and the Night King and some, then more than they've given. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, that was actually Zach. So you popular, yeah, that was Zach. <laughs> yeah, Zach. Uh, so since you brought it up, Zach recorded a podcast with Josh Speary of uh, Fox Sports uh, earlier today, so that should be dropping soon. And he said it went really well, so I'm looking forward to hearing it exciting stuff uh i believe yes that is what the text was about so um what were we talking about oh yeah i was uh yeah i just i wish they had spent at least one episode this season kind of teasing us or at least showing us some context of where they came from some of the history i'm sure that episode will come but i hate since we only get six episodes in the finale i hate that one episode is going to be wasted on something they should have done a while ago Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, the first episode's going to be slow, I'm sure. It, it always is with Game of Thrones. But, um, Evan, uh, why don't you let us know what you're writing this year? We have the regular season for our writing schedule is starting next week, so tell us what you'll be doing for Raswell this season. I'll be doing streamers of all kinds, uh, defense, kickers, but I'll be doing uh, later quarterbacks, tight ends, and yeah, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter if you've got any questions, get involved uh, with the, you know any of the material, hit me up in the comments section, and it's going to be a great year. All right, Jay, why don't you help us wrap it up? Uh, what are you going to start with? On uh, Are you still doing the Sunday thread, and what else do you have in store besides rankings? 
just usual stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. My content schedule doesn't change much. We always do the game day <laughs> right. uh for game time. If uh, That's right. you know anybody needs a drinking game and some uh, uh, kind of a rundown of the games in the evening, and then uh, you know if anybody has pressing questions during those games that's that's what those threads are for and it's just uh we're going into the season again with high expectations with rankings uh and uh we, we have the usual sunday roundup um before we get to the season i know it's close but we'll probably have um i'll probably release a post on uh, rankings versus uh some of the other experts and how it fares against the ecr and then we'll probably do bold predictions uh this year which is something we, we normally do and we'll also come out with staff picks Next week at some point, I'll be sending out an email on that for uh, <laughs> people get to see the meat being made. So, yeah, um, so those, <laughs> those are some of the things uh, we, we have coming. So it'll be pretty, pretty fun. Just uh, I know it's usual stuff, but we, we've been really comfortable with what we got and uh, looking forward to it. We have added on uh, IDP a little bit this year, too. And I mean, going back to what you were just what you finished up with like people uh, seem to really like what we put out so we don't we don't really change up the formula too much we just add some things here and there but i had a nice comment today uh from a terry that said he appreciates the idp material so at least someone is reading so uh thank you terry and thank you everyone who um has been commenting uh for our uh, off-season stuff, and I'll be writing uh, a Sunday thread similar to Jay, but mine will be more on the analytical side of things, and I'll be doing rankings, and of course, I'll be doing a podcast with Zach every week. We haven't quite figured out the structure of it yet, but I'm sure uh, we will be talking about each game individually and uh, breaking it down and giving great advice like usual. So with that being said, that's it for the Game of Thrones portion of this year. We'll see you back in 2019 for the Game of Thrones part. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, and thanks for joining us.